Kirkham with Looking Up, a few minutes at the end of the week to think about astronomical things. I hope you're all enjoying the public holiday, whatever that means to you these days. As you can imagine, stargazers who live in cities are somewhat stymied, as unless you are lucky enough to live in a dark corner somewhere, your astronomy is likely to be hampered by city lights. Last week I mentioned satellites interfering with astronomy, especially the new constellation of Starlink satellites which could potentially number 42,000 units and really get in the way of striking astrophotography and serious and not-so-serious astronomy. Well, not all satellites get in the way of astronomy and a precious few of them are actually telescopes themselves. Most low-Earth orbit satellites at around 500 kilometres above Earth are looking down upon the surface of our planet for military and political purposes or for navigation, environmental monitoring and so on. Some turn outwards and look towards the heavens, taking pictures which they beam back down to Earth for scientists to pore over. And it's a great advantage to be situated in space since the Earth's atmosphere gets in the way of some wavelengths of light such as X-rays and some infrared wavelengths, which means you can't see the universe in the full spectrum of light unless you get off the planet. The most famous of these is the Hubble Space Telescope, or HST, which passed a landmark 30 years in space on April the 24th. If you go to the Fine Music Radio Looking Up podcast site and listen to last November the 15th broadcast, you can hear Professor Jayanne English talking about her work creating those extraordinary images using Hubble data. It's a complex matter to take the data, which is essentially black and white, from the Hubble sensors and make sense of it in colour for us humans. But what a legacy of images there is with the Hubble. People ask how much longer the Hubble can remain up there. Well, the answer is it will continue into at least the mid-2020s, but the telescope's instruments are unlikely to last longer than 2030, and many of the detectors and instruments are already not at full capacity. And there's another consideration. HST is not completely above Earth's atmosphere. It's in low Earth orbit, which means it still experiences some drag or friction from air particles as it circles Earth. HST will eventually experience enough atmospheric drag that it will crash to Earth, and this is projected to occur by the mid-2030s, regardless of the telescope's operational status. The Spitzer Space Telescope, after 6,000 days in space, was finally retired on the 30th of January this year. This studied the universe in the infrared spectrum, and at the time it was launched was the most sensitive instrument in this wavelength. It was the first telescope to detect direct light from exoplanets, of course reflected from their parent suns. It revealed a new ring around Saturn and peered back into the dawn of time to identify the most distant galaxy we've ever found. So what happens when a space telescope is decommissioned? Well, it can crash back down to Earth and land in the ocean. Not a difficult thing to do since the Earth is mostly covered in water. Or it can drift off into the beyond. Spitzer is no longer in Earth orbit, but in what's known as an Earth-trailing orbit around the Sun. This has given it extra life in helping it to keep cool, keeping the telescope away from the heat coming off our planet. But it does mean that it's been drifting away from us for a few years. Now that the final shutdown command has been sent to the Spitzer, it will be reorienting itself, pointing its antenna directly at the Sun. 
From here it really will begin to drift. In around 53 years. Well now we have the much delayed James Webb telescope to look forward to. Launch 30th of March next year but don't hold your breath there's been a lot of delays with that project so we're not entirely sure about that date. For now this is Ketchel Kirkham wishing its clear skies. <laughs>